Wow, Jeff, worship team, thank you guys for, for leading us this morning. That is absolutely incredible. I, I think, to be honest with you, I think this is the very first time that I've ever led a service alongside another Jeff. Um, so it's a pretty cool experience. So, well, church family, what a great privilege and joy it is to lead our study of God's word this morning. I'm beyond excited to dive into the beauty and the riches of God's word with you. Um, as I begin to just study and really pray over this text for this morning, um, a couple of the things that I felt like God really just led me to begin to pray is recognizing that today is Graduate Recognition Sunday. It's a season or a Sunday that we set apart every year to recognize our high school and college graduates and their accomplishments and everything. And one of the things that God led me to pray is, God, what do you want to speak into these graduates as they get ready to step into the next season of life? But also the second thing was, well, God, what would you have me say to the rest of the body of Christ? What do you want to say to your people on that particular morning? And the more that I prayed through that, um, the more God really just began to direct my heart to Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. And I would encourage you to take your Bibles, take your, your tablet, your phone, whatever it is that you've got with you. And I would encourage you to go to Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. This is also going to be on the screen behind me as I read here in just a minute. Now that said, um, I do recognize that this is a passage of scripture that is likely going to be familiar to a lot of people in the room. It's, it's called the Great Commission. But with that, there's likely people in the room that have never heard this passage, never studied and read this passage before. Honestly, I count it as a joy and as a privilege, if that's you, to study this amazing passage alongside you for the very first time today. Now, I do believe, and I'm going to share a little bit about this here in just a minute. I do believe that whether or not we're familiar with this passage or not, I think we're at a place right now to see this passage in a, in a, maybe from a different angle than what we've ever seen before. I'm going to explain that here in just a minute. Now, before I read this, allow me to share a little bit about this passage. So Matthew 28 is a commission that Jesus gives to his disciples. It's a sort of marching orders that he gives to his disciples, to his people, his followers. Um, and this happens after Jesus goes to the cross, paying that, the price for our sins, absorbing the wrath of God at the cross on our behalf. After Jesus rises from the grave, reigning triumphant over sin and death. Oh my, praise God that he did but raising triumphant over sin and death. And before he went back to heaven, ascended back to heaven, where he is at right now, seated at the right hand of God with all rule and dominion and everything that has ever been under his authority. That's where he is. So Jesus gives this commission to his people before he goes back to heaven. Now, these are, like I said, sort of a marching orders that Jesus gives, sort of a, a last things, the most important things that he gives to his people. In fact, what Jesus is in a sense doing is Jesus is saying, now church, it is your role, your job to continue in the mission that I started when I was on earth. And church family, that is the same mission that you and I continue in today in 2020 in the world that we live in right now. In fact, that is the very reason if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, this commission is the very reason that you and I are still on earth and not in heaven with God already, because there is still so many that haven't heard the gospel. 
Church family, there is so much work to do. Graduates, as you get ready to, to, as you finish this season of life and get ready to step into the next season of life, the reason that you are doing that is primarily because you are an ambassador for Christ. Your purpose in going off to school, to work, wherever it is that you're going, is to make Christ known. And while you're there, earn your income. Work hard for the glory of God. So church, that is what this passage is about. So with that, let me invite you to read this amazing passage. So verse 16, it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, sovereign God of the universe, the God that holds the stars in the sky, the God that spoke in the universe came to be. Father, we need to hear from you. God, this is your church. These are your people. They need to hear your voice. God, the reality of it is if, if, if I walk away, walk from behind this pulpit at the end of this sermon and they've heard my opinions and my thoughts, God, the reality of it is I've wasted everybody's time. But God, these are your people. They need to hear from you. So Father, my prayer this morning is that I would become less, that you would become great, God, that your word would go forth. And that as a result of that, that we as the body of Christ would look more like King Jesus than we did when we walked in. Father, be honored in this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. So church family, this morning, what I want to do is I want to draw three truths straight out of this passage that I would encourage you to write down. Um, I would encourage you to go meditate on these passages or these truths a little bit later, compare them to scripture a little bit later. Before I do that, I want to share something with you. And this is something that God really just pressed into my heart as I begin to pray over this text in this particular morning with our graduates and just everything that we see going on in the world right now. See, church, we are living in a very different context right now than we were even three months ago, four months ago. As we just continue to see the spread of this pandemic or this coronavirus, um, now we're hearing reports of maybe some, some spikes that are going on, and we just continue to deal with that. But most recently, we also see some of the racial injustices that are really just showing and, and bubbling to the surface. So my point is this, that the world that we live in looks very, very different right now than it did even just a couple of months ago. And what I was alluding to a little while ago, I think because because the world just looks a little different right now, I think we have the great privilege of looking at this passage maybe from a different angle. And here's what I mean by that. Not necessarily a different angle. Maybe we're more aware of this. And here's my point. We in life go through sort of a cycle of context changes. Right? The world just looks different as we live life. It looks different right now than it did four months ago. Graduates, your world is going to look different now that you're graduating either high school or college and you're going on either to the next level of your education, maybe going into the workplace, place, the military. Church family, the world just, we go through this cycle of context changes. You may have just moved into the area. You may be moving out of the area. 
You may be in a brand new neighborhood. You may be growing your family, starting a job, leaving a job, something like that. My point is this, as we live life, we go through this series of context, this sort of cycle of context changes. But here's the thing, even though the world that we live in right now changes, the context changes, the mission that God has commissioned us with never changes. So here's my point. If you look all the way back to when Jesus first gave this commission in, in the first century, Jesus gives this commission, the world just looks different at the time than it does right now, 2020. Things just look different. However, the beauty of this, and I, I think there's so much encouragement, there's motivation, there's rest in this, that though the world looks different, the message that Jesus gave to his followers is the same mission that you and I are on right now. In fact, church, I would submit to you, as I said a minute ago, the primary reason that you and I, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, do any of the things that we do on this earth, the primary reason that you go to work, the primary reason that you lead your families, that you go to school, the primary reason that you are still on this earth right now, rather than in heaven with God, is because there's still work to do. Church family, I want to challenge you this morning to begin to look at the world through that gospel lens, that we are here to leverage the platforms that God has given us for the advancement of the kingdom of God. So as I said a minute ago, the context may change, but the mission will never change. And why is that? Because truth number one, Jesus is Lord of all. To say it another way, the context may change, but the mission never will because Jesus never changes. And I love that about this passage. There's something that's it's just so interesting. So rather than starting in the middle of this text, probably the, the section of Matthew 28 that we're most familiar with, the section that says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. That's oftentimes the most familiar section that we have, and, and, and understandably so. But it's so interesting that Jesus at the outset of this section of text doesn't start by pointing his followers to that, but rather instead Jesus starts by pointing his followers to himself. That, that's so, so intentional. Church, I am so convinced that when we begin to see the majesty, the glory, the authority of King Jesus, everything changes. In fact, it is the fact that Jesus is in the ultimate authority that it leads us to do everything that we do as followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus is quoting from Daniel chapter seven, verses 13 through 14. And, in, and that passage says, I saw in the night's visions and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like the son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed." Jesus was quoting this prophecy from Daniel chapter seven. And essentially what Jesus was saying before he gives this commission, this go part, Jesus is saying, remember that passage, that prophecy all the way back in Daniel chapter seven, that's me. 
I'm the answer to that. I'm the fulfillment to that. I'm the one that has all rule and dominion. I am the one who has all of the authority. And then Jesus says, go. Once he points them to his rule, his authority. And church family, again, I submit to you that the very reason that you and I go to the nations is because Jesus has the authority. In fact, our going to the nations with the gospel, leveraging the platforms that God has given us for the gospel is an overflow of the fact that he has the authority. So here's my question. If that's true, why is it that so many churches are filled with so many people that claim to be followers of Christ but have never shared the gospel with anyone? How can we, with any integrity in our hearts, claim that Jesus has all the authority, but at the same time refusing to talk about him? Church family, I I submit to you that ultimately what that comes from is a view of Jesus that's shaped more by the world than by the Bible. Because Jesus has all of the authority. Our position is to align ourselves under that authority and join him in his mission. When we begin to recognize the authority of Jesus for what it is, we can't help but join him in mission. Now church, one of the things that I I love about this church is the Great Hills has a high view of Jesus. I love that. In fact, one of the things that I tell our students all the time, and I tell them this all the time to the point where they probably just get tired of it, but it's so important that I don't want them to forget it. I tell them, students, when we get a view of an understanding of the Jesus of the Bible, when we see Jesus in all of his glory, all of his grandeur, all of his splendor, everything else in the Christian walk just seems to fall into place. It really is amazing how that works. When we see Jesus for who he is, the the sin in this world, the things that, that, that the world promises that will be appeasing to us, those things just seem to lose their luster because we've seen the glory, the greatness, the beauty and the grandeur of the exalted Christ. And as a result of that, everything else in this world just seems like a cheap imitation. When we begin to see the grandeur, the splendor, the glory, the greatness of the Jesus of the Bible, all of our fear just seems to melt away because we recognize that no matter through life or through death, no matter what happens in this world, we are in the palm of the hand of the God that hung the stars. This also is included in missions. When we recognize that Jesus of the Bible, the exalted, reigning, triumphant king of the universe, the overflow of that is to join him in his mission. And again, like I said a minute ago, I'm grateful that this church has such a high view of Jesus. I really am. But church, my point is that we, can, we need to have as the body of Christ, the global body, we need to have an even higher view of Jesus Church, uh, when we, in fact, the higher our understanding of Jesus is, the higher our view of the Jesus of the Bible is, the more risks we're willing to take for his kingdom. Church, when we begin to recognize the Jesus of the Bible, the fact that he has all the authority, there is nothing we won't do. There is no risk we won't take for the advancement of his kingdom. Why is that? 
because he has the authority and he's worth it. Suddenly we'll recognize that no matter what we sacrifice in this world really isn't that much of a sacrifice at all because we're walking in line with King Jesus. Church family, when we're going to the nations, we're going to the nations in obedience to the fact that Jesus has all of the authority. When we're going to the nations, we're going to the nations because he has the authority and is therefore worthy to be worshiped. When we go to the nations with the beauty of the gospel, we're going to the nations to people who have never heard that gospel with the purpose of sharing the news that'll invite them in under the Lordship of Christ where they can worship him. And he deserves that kind of worship. So church family, we must be a people who have a high view of King Jesus. And then truth number two, Jesus' Lordship compels the church to action. So in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20, it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. This text is awesome when we read it in light of verse 18 that Jesus has all of the authority. And notice what this passage is saying is because Jesus has authority, it says, go therefore, therefore in response to his authority, we go to the nations. And what do we go to the nations to do? It gives us a list of commands that we see. Really, it's one big command. There's just sort of different parts to it. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Students, church family, the reason that you're in the context that you are is because we still have this mission to continue in. Because there's people that have never heard the beauty, the, the greatness of our God. But church family, notice how intentional this is. Go to the nations and, and do what? And make disciples. Um, this is not, discipleship is not something that just happens by chance. This kind of going involves seeking out those that don't know Christ, evangelizing, sharing the gospel, and then it doesn't stop there. When we see people come to Jesus, then what this passage communicates to us is that out of obedience to Christ, as an outward declaration of our inward change, of our salvation, we baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then it continues and it says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. I love this section. To me, this is incredible. Notice the language that's here. Notice what happens. I think so often we have sort of a half view of what discipleship is. A lot of the time we equate discipleship to evangelism and that's a part of it, but it's not the whole of it. But what discipleship is, is we go as the body of Christ into the world to make disciples, share the gospel, intentionally seeking out that those that don't know King Jesus sharing the gospel, the gospel that gives them access to the family of God so they can submit themselves under the authority of God. We go sharing that, but we don't just leave them on their own. 
We baptize and then we intentionally walk next to these people and we help them grow. We pour the word of God, the truth of God into the people that, that, that turn to Christ and we call them out of the spiritual immaturity to maturity. But that's, there's a lot of intentionality there. But again, notice the language that's here. This is awesome. Verse 20, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. This jumped off the page to me. Do you see what's going on here? That has to do with Jesus's authority too. So do you see the kind of full circle that this goes? We as the body of Christ, because Jesus has the authority, we go to the nations intentionally seeking out those that don't know King Jesus. We share the gospel. We, we, just, we evangelize the lost. We baptize new converts. We call them from spiritual immaturity to spiritual maturity. Notice what that's called. What we're doing is we are teaching them what it looks like to submit themselves under the authority of King Jesus. All of it has to do with verse 18, that he has all the authority. And notice this. What did he just command them to do? Now, all of a sudden, those same people who came to Christ, who were baptized, who have been called to spiritual maturity, now they are commissioned to be the ones who go and make disciples. And this whole thing just starts over and keeps going and keeps going. That's what you call gospel multiplication, gospel-centered multiplication. Church, that is the reason that we're here. That is the reason that we go through the different seasons in life that we do. It's because there's still so many that have never heard. Church, I want to dream with you for a minute. One of the purposes of the church, um, according to what the book of Ephesians talks about, one of the purposes of the church is that we gather together as the body of Christ and this is a time, yes, for corporate worship. It's a time, yes, to encourage, to fellowship, to sit under the teaching of the word. But, but a part of why we gather is we gather as the body to be trained and equipped for the work of ministry, right? Y'all have heard it said from behind this pulpit that there's no bench warmers in the church. We were called by God to be trained for the work of ministry so that when we go into the world, the body of Christ will be shot out into the world like a heat-seeking missile to go seek out the lost intentionally in all the different avenues that we live in in life because there's still work to do to train them, to equip them, and then to send them out as well. I want you to dream with me, church. What would it look like? What would it look like? There's, I would guess, probably 300, 400 people in the room right now. Usually on a Sunday morning, pre-pandemic, there's, there's more. I recognize there's a lot more, um, even, even Great Hills folks that are at home right now, and that's okay. But for simplicity's sake, let's just say 400 people in the room right now. What would it look like if all of us begin to view the world through the lens of gospel multiplication, 
and we were to just launch into the world each and every week with the intention of going and identifying the lost and continuing in this mission in our workplaces, in our schools, and even to the furthest parts of the world, the furthest parts of the world. What if we were intentional with that? And by the end of the year, everyone in this room had carried this process out once. And now all of a sudden, those people are continuing to make disciples themselves and their, their disciples are making more disciples. I want you to dream with me. Church, how long do you think it would take before the whole city of Austin hears the gospel? That is God's plan. Church, I recognize that we're seeing a lot of injustices and, and, and just brokenness in the world that we're living in right now. Yes, we absolutely should vote for righteous laws. We should pursue voting in righteous candidates to lead our country, but primarily what the world needs is this gospel. Church family, the church of God, the, the, the church armed with the gospel, infused with the spirit of God is a dangerous thing to the enemy. Church, you wanna flip the world upside down? Look at the world through the lens of gospel multiplication. In fact, I am so incredibly convinced that the righteousness of a city rises and falls with the righteousness of a local church. As we look at the world through this lens and go launch into the world, look, seeking out the lost, which is our very purpose for being here in the first place. Oh my, what we get to see King Jesus do. I want you to think real practical with me for a minute. And we're going to move through this last part real quick. I want you to think through this real practically with me for a minute. What if, and I ask this really rhetorically. <laughs> you can answer if you want to, but I ask this rhetorically. What if, what if God placed you by his sovereign hand? What if he placed you in the season of life that you're in, in the neighborhood that you live in? next to the neighbors that you live next to, in school when we get back, um, next to the person that you're sitting next to, in the cubicle at work, next to the person that you're sitting next to. What if God sovereignly placed you in that place because there's people around you, Great Hills, that have never heard the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Oh my church, when we begin to look at the world that way, everything changes. And I love this. I've heard so many people here at Great Hills sharing stories about how they have done these things. And we're seeing a lot of the, just the, the impact that, that's come as a result of those things. I just want to encourage you this morning, Great Hills. That's amazing. Keep going. Keep, keep sharing the gospel. Though the world, the context looks different right now than it, than it did even a few months ago. The mission that we or have been commissioned with doesn't look different. It's the same because our God is the same. Church family, what if, I heard um, Pastor J.D. Greer, he wrote a book called Above All. Pastor J.D. Um, made a point in this, in this book that just pierced my heart in a pretty deep way. And he, he said, do what you do well for the glory of God and do it strategically for the mission of God. What if we begin to look at the world that way? You wanna turn the world upside down? We look at the world as the mission field that God has launched us into. 
Students, what if, what if God has given you a passion for engineering? What if that's what God has called you to and, and you just enjoy it? Um, do it well for the glory of God that honors him. Here's something crazy. What if, what if rather than finding the job here, now we're taking that passion that God has given us and we're doing it in a place like India and we get to bless their economy and, and, and live among the people there. But at the same time, now we've got a platform to share the gospel. Here's the reality of it. Here's the reality of it. A guy like me with the title pastor, it's getting harder and harder for me to get into some countries. There's not a country in the world that's closed to something like commerce or business. What if we begin to look at the world that way? You may look at me and say, Jeffrey, well, that sounds crazy. Believe me, <laughs> I get it. Believe me, I understand. But the truth is that's only crazy if our understanding of the Great Commission begins with verse 19. But if our understanding of the Great Commission begins with verse 18, that Jesus has all of the authority, suddenly taking the gospel to people from every tribe, tongue, and nation doesn't seem so far out of reach anymore. Church family, I wanna, I wanna encourage you. First of all, I just wanna, I just wanna say, keep going. Again, I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. I love that Great Hills makes sharing the gospel and making disciples the priority. I love that, that that's such a priority. I've heard so many amazing stories from you. Keep going. Though we live in a different world right now, the mission is the same. And then finally, as I close, I wanna give you one more truth If I can find it, there it is. Truth number three, victory is certain. There is so much hope in this. Verse 20 says, and behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Church, I love that the great commission, these, these words that Jesus gives us before he goes back to heaven, when he gives us the, the mission of continuing in the mission that he started of taking his gospel to the ends of the earth. I love that this mission is bookended with, I have the authority, I'm gonna be with you. Church family, when we go and join God on mission, when we join him based on the fact that Jesus has the authority and we go with the assurance that Jesus is with us, the spirit of God, the God who hung the stars is with us, we cannot fail. No matter what happens in life, in death, um, whatever happens in this world comes our way. Ultimately, our God will use that circumstance for our good and for his glory. And we get to play a part in advancing the kingdom of the God of the universe. Church family, there is so much hope, so much encouragement in that as we go through the season that we're in right now, that no matter what happens, the mission cannot fail. We just get to join our God in it. One of the things that, and this is totally a random thought and I need to hurry up, but one of the things that I've noticed in the middle of all the, the changes in the, the world that just seems flipped upside down on us, one of the things that I've noticed, you notice that everything seems to have changed, but the church remains. 
That's amazing. Our God tells us that his church will endure. It will continue. I think right now you and I get this incredible opportunity to see this on a real practical level. That no matter what happens in this world, we get to join the God in mission who will never fail. And we get to enjoy him in the process. Church family, that is my encouragement. That is my plea to you this morning. That as we go out into the world, that we would go intentionally, recognizing that Jesus has the authority, that we would go intentionally identifying the lost in all of the different contexts that we live in, and that we would share the gospel faithfully, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that we would teach all that God has commanded. But remember, he is with us always to the very end of the age. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the truth that's in your word, God, the assurance that you've given us that you're with us. Father, I pray that as this church goes out into the world, oh, Father, I pray. Father, I pray that you would launch us out as a fearless church that goes to the nations fearlessly, God, whether that's um, to the nations meaning the people that surround us in this context or God, you know what, God, it's something that I pray over our students all the time. God, is that you would raise up people that would go to even the most dangerous places on earth because your gospel has never been preached there. Oh, Father, would you raise up generations of people that know you, that love you. Father, I pray that this church, God, I pray that we would play a part in taking the gospel to the last remaining people groups on earth. Oh, Father, I pray that we would see the world around us through that lens. Father, I pray that every breath in our lungs would be used ultimately for your glory. We love you, God, because you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, church family, as we get ready to sing before I hand things over to the worship team, um, we're going to use this next song as a, a time of response. We recognize that anytime the word of God is taught, it, there's a response. It leads us to response. So that could mean that as we've studied the word, maybe, um, maybe God has just revealed to you that maybe you haven't been living life that intentionally. And you just need to ask him to work in that area of your heart. Maybe there's something else that, that may be there. You just need somebody to walk with you. Life is hard right now, y'all. And that's okay. Um, the body of Christ was created to live life together, supporting each other, encouraging each other, suffering through life even together. That may be you. There's gonna be counselors at the back of the room when the band begins to sing. And I would encourage you to go take one of their hands and allow them just to walk through that season with you. That's what the body was created to do. It also could mean that maybe God revealed to you through his word that maybe you don't know him. Maybe you need the gospel. You've heard me talk about this thing called the gospel a lot this morning. Maybe you're like, I don't even know what that means. And you just need to go grab somebody's hand back there and say, hey, that's me. Tell me what that means. Introduce me to King Jesus. I promise you that that's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. But church, there's a whole bunch of different responses that we can have to the teaching of the word. But as we begin to sing, I just want to give you the freedom to respond however it is that the spirit of God leads you to.